Hello and welcome to another episode of 10x Hacks for Startup and Venture Success. This is your host, Vida Patil, and today I am extremely honored to be interviewing Ranjita Singh, the Chief Product Officer at Climate Corporation. Ranjita is an exceptional woman leader, and the reason I say that is because not only uh, I have interacted with her and found her energy to be extremely transformative, Technology Magazine has recognized her as one of the top 100 women in technology, and she's ranked 55th. She's also top 50 under 50 most powerful women in technology. Now, I have seen the women who are listed in this ranking and many of these women have been following for many years. To be out there with those women who are changing the landscape of innovation itself, who have such an amazing voice is truly, truly, uh, you know, an honor for me to talk to Ranjita. So uh, Ranjita, without further ado, I'd like to bring you on. What, what a pleasure and honor to be speaking with you. Thank you, Veda. It's, it's, a, it's an honor just to be talking to you. And I uh, thank you for reaching out. Truly appreciate this opportunity. Awesome. So with, uh, without delays, let's get on with uh, the podcast today. So Ranjita, tell me a little bit about yourself, you know, uh, who is Ranjita Singh and uh, what, what is the person behind this amazing aura? You know, who is she? I am uh, the Chief Product Officer at Climate Corporation, as Vida just uh, highlighted, uh, and I'm responsible for product strategy and roadmap plan for uh, Climate's Fieldview platform. Uh, the Climate Corporation aims to help all of the world's farmers sustainably increase their productivity with the digital tools. Climate Fieldview uh, Digital Agriculture Platform provides farmers with one comprehensive connected suite of tools to help them optimize their resources and also maximize their yield. You know, I grew up in India and I was super pampered by my grandparents uh, where I spent early years of my childhood. My parents brought me back when I was five years old as they were worried that I would never study. <laughs> I spent my time growing up in a steel township, a city that boasts of Asia's largest steel plant or factory set up through German and Russian collaboration. So when people call me steel woman or iron woman, you know, I smile <laughs> as it literally maps to my upbringing in a steel township. Um, I did my uh, BS in computer science and engineering at India and then came to US to pursue masters in computer science from uh, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute upstate New York and later pursued MBA while working at Intel. So I've been working in the technology industry for more than two years now across companies like Wipro, Intel, where I spent eight years, and then Teradata for almost three years prior to joining Climate. The opportunity to leverage technology to make a difference in the lives of farmers is what drove me to Climate. Now, who am I as a person? Um, I'm a very simple person with very high personal values. Uh, I'm a doting mom with two daughters. Uh, my family means a lot to me. I work hard at office. I want to give in my 100% to everything I do, but I also work equally hard at home to take care of my family. Uh, for me, being a good human being is very important. I go to a huge extent to care about people around me. 
believe it or not, even at this stage, my friends, family and colleagues think that I have preserved my childlike innocence and honesty, and I truly treasure it. I don't want to change it. Wow. Uh, no, I, I, I believe that because in our initial conversations, when I reached out to you, I felt that authentic vibe and I really wanted to capture that in the podcast. And I think it comes across hundredfold in all the success you have achieved so far. So Ranjita, you are uh, one of the few leaders uh, who are women uh, who has reached um, to the level of being chief product officer. And I know how hard it is for women to sustain through the corporate ladder. So uh, with that in mind, what made you interested in these very hard domains like AI and agritech? These are in the forefront of innovation. Not many people are actually pushing the boundaries. And if they are, it's, a, it's an unknown world out there. What, what actually made you interested in this, you know, to take up this challenge? Knowing who you are, it's not hard to believe. You're a very daring person. But, you know, really, really, what does it take? Thank you for listening to the podcast 10x Hacks for Startup and Venture Success. This is your host, Vida Patil. I'm bringing you interviews of investors and founders from Silicon Valley and across the globe. This podcast takes a lot of time and effort, so please support this by subscribing to my iTunes, SoundCloud, and LinkedIn podcast pages. Also, please leave your valuable feedback I will try to make this podcast better with your comments. Thank you so much. I would say, Vida, that I think AI found me, not the other way around. Uh, my engineering undergrad, we were the first batch of undergrad students to be offered artificial intelligence course with focus on less programming. And at that time, none of us believed that we would ever use this knowledge in our life. Uh, and here we are today, several years later, when everybody talks about AI. Um, you know, at that time, our professor felt that I was the only one rare set of students who easily digested the concept. So I guess my brain was wired for it. Um, and I truly believe that networking and communication is the foundation of all the progress we have made in internet of things and artificial intelligence space. I started in networking and communication space and I was exposed to artificial intelligence also during my IoT incubation roles at Intel where I worked on four different initiative grounds up. And then I joined Teradata to lead artificial intelligence and data science incubation, really building the team grounds up and, and really taking these initiatives from early concept stage to really productizing these. So, you know, what I see, uh, if I look at the trends around us, the boundary between the tech world and the ag world is crumbling. I remember, you know, a few years ago, there was a clear distinction between tech world and the non-tech world. But now we live in a world where technology has permeated, you know, every aspect of our life. Despite being in the tech world, you know, my initiatives were in different verticals like industrial, oil and gas, financial sector, and smart city. And, you know, as I was thinking about what next, um, I realized that I wanted always to leverage my technology background to make a difference in the lives of people. And what better industry than agriculture, which touches upon the lives of every single person on this planet. And with my background in IoT, AI, and data science, along with solid product management and strategy experience, 
this was a perfect role for me. And you know, as Steve Jobs uh, always believed that when you look back at your life, you will see that all the dots connect together. And this is how I feel. Fantastic. Uh, I agree with you. Networking is certainly driving every uh, aspect of technology innovation. And uh, if you look at the B2B space, uh, there is so much revenue there and it is bringing in all these technologies into enterprise and it is driving innovation outside of enterprise. So, you know, with those uh, thoughts in mind and about how you are currently in, in your role, I want to ask you bring in uh, the product management and strategy experience. What is your general advice to product managers and people who would like to make you know, a domain switch in product management. I remember uh, I had applied for product management positions myself and uh, how picky our product, uh, chief product officer is, uh, chief growth officer is. So what does it really uh, take? You know, what is your advice to product managers? managers. What makes for a good product manager? I'm sure a lot of people will give you uh, on this. Um, I would first give you basic attributes of a good product manager. And then I'll talk about some attributes that I've picked up over time through experience, which really are critical as a product manager. So definitely understanding of the customers and the product, you know, the subject matter expertise, having outstanding communication skills, ability to lead by influence, you know, innovativeness, how you can think outside the box, strong researching skills, financial and business acumen, and the ability to think strategically. So it's, it's definitely a lot that you need to really have your arms around as a product manager. But one key attribute of product manager is conviction, which you develop only through experience. And if you worked in different cross-functional areas like engineering, architecture, strategy, product management, business development, it comes super handy in product management role as you have to work with cross-functional stakeholders to bring product to life from the concept stage. Right. So having through these cross-functional work experience yourself, you can actually appreciate the work of each cross-function unit and you can also speak to them in the language they understand. Right. Amazing. You know, this is like a mini uh, CEO or a mini head of organization. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you are absolutely right. The product manager is essentially the CEO of the product. <laughs> right, right. And you're carrying the gene of your organization. Whatever company you are a part of, you are representing a gene of that. If they stand for sustainability, you have to stand for that too. So amazing. So I like the fact about conviction. I'll take that home and uh, very valuable. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the point you made on the, you're the gene of the organization. That's awesome. Very novel concept. And it's so true. You kind of summarized it in a, in a very succinct way. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, one of the uh, problems I face when I meet women entrepreneurs is uh, after having kids, they have a career switch or a domain switch. Uh, in fact, I was talking to one of these uh, product managers who, who just made a switch from one uh, group product to another group product after having a child uh, because she was going through a lot of changes and she wanted something to suit her life. What, what was it like for you to make a switch into agri-tech? This is a new domain. Were you overwhelmed or 
was it hard for you what is your advice to people who want to do that you know uh, as i mentioned before you know the boundary between the tech world and the ag world is actually crumbling so if you have been through multitude of experience in different verticals then your brain gets programmed to ramp up quickly on the new verticals so you know it uh, 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 it was very clear to me that i wanted to leverage technology to make a difference in the lives of people and i knew that okay there's no better industry than agriculture which touches upon the lives of every single person on the planet the agriculture industry like many others has been driven by technological development and innovation so growing more crops on less using fewer resources is the main focus of this development and innovation you know the production of food in a way that efficient and highly productive is of utmost importance to the society yes it is said that you know once in your life you may need a doctor a lawyer and a policeman but every day you know three times a day you need a farmer yes um and i was brought up in india where 60% of the population works in the ag industry in some form yes. and uh, that is why i'm so passionate about difference in the lives of farmers and especially smallholders as bulk of the farms in india are smallholder farms so you know if people who are you know thinking about ag tech um i feel like ag is an amazing area there's mm-hmm. huge opportunity to make a difference mm-hmm. uh, it's obviously a global field right um, also very satisfying uh, mm-hmm. however at the same time you know competition is fierce it's a crowded space with so many players and we can expect to see some consolidation in the industry going forward that's a, that's an uh, interesting thought why do you say it is a crowded space i know that agriculture industry just like medical devices or a conventional traditional industries it's very slow so why do you say it is uh, crowded what is uh, what is you know uh, the the reason i say it's crowded is because there are so many players you know the perceived value is very high mm. and the barrier to entry is very low uh you know if you compare with say financial industry where mm-hmm. it's very highly regulated uh that puts a very high barrier to entry but mm-hmm. here the barrier to entry is low and uh, you know people think there's huge value mm-hmm. uh and since it's a global arena you know there's definitely the concept of perceived value and uh, you know that's why there are so many players coming up and uh, you know there is a fierce competition because of that and uh, it's a complex world of frenemies because we also have to acknowledge that no one player can do it all mm-hmm. uh, so partnerships and collaborations are going to be the key um, so that's why i say it's a it's a crowded space <laughs> yeah i like the word frenemy you know uh i think something as a value for every employee we work together but we are also competing and uh, it it yeah. creates the right mindset so so you know how was your journey so far in the agtech space or what what do you say to your critics you know who come from traditional agtech industry background i remember when i spoke to you first time you mentioned you have been in your company for a short period of time but you have brought in changes they have not seen uh, you know before so what is it like what do your critics have to say and how do you respond to that <laughs> that's a that's a very good question uh, it has been a very steep learning curve as you can imagine uh, joining a company pandemic when you cannot meet people face to face poses its own set of challenges 
Uh, believe it or not, I have not met anyone at Climate Aware except for one employee uh, who visited me as she was moving out of the Bay Area to Canada. And um, it has been steep learning curve because I've had to pick up things pretty quickly as product organization looks at the unified view across all the lines of business. But I've followed uh, you know, uh, design thinking principles in my approach, uh, which is what I do in any new role that I take on. Design thinking is a human-centered approach to innovation, which is anchored in understanding the needs of the customers, rapid prototyping and generative ideas. And I applied it to my role. Um, I spent time talking to people, listening to their perspectives and feedback before I set out to define the problem statement. And then I brought them along on the journey by keeping them involved throughout. Um, there are always critics and you have to bring them along on the journey. And uh, with my background in IoT, AI and data science, along with product management experience, this was a really good role for me. Um, and since I've worked in different cross-functional areas, it helped me identify with them. And, you know, you have to bring all the cross-functional stakeholders together to take the product to life from the concept stage. Uh, I also believe that there's a huge value in leveraging diversity of thoughts and perspectives. Mm -hmm. And in my past roles, focused on incubation or jump-starting new opportunities across different verticals, Having this outside and perspective always helped because you're able to see things that others may not see because they are deep into the problem domain. Exactly. Um, so I take it as a learning opportunity to learn from those who have been in the ag space while I bring in some great experience in learning from the tech world and other verticals that can also help us in this digital journey. Um, I've also seen skeptics who do not believe in the value of product or, or product thinking. And my approach has been to make them believers through mm -hmm. small successes. And so far that has been working out. Uh, so our modus operandi is to operate in a cross-functional working group, leveraging diverse perspective from cross-functional teams. So you make them kind of a partner in your journey and bring them along. Right. This is uh, so true. Uh, I have seen these patterns in women CEOs. They talk about diverse perspectives. They talk about diversity and inclusion. And they uh, talk about the value of including people with different perspectives. You know, uh, I think uh, that's what women leaders do very well. We are very receptive. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, unquote. I would like to believe that. <laughs> no, so I really like that uh, advice. And um, I want to ask, uh, what is your uh, quick tip to people who are new to ag tech? You know, I, I was interested in, uh, th there was a challenge thrown by Elon Musk, the carbon, uh, you know, removal challenge. It's a hundred million challenge. You know, it was sounded very exciting, but I was new and hesitant. And there were a lot of founders who already rolled out startups in that space. So like that, you know, somebody wants to make a difference in ag tech. Uh, what is your uh, quick tip for them? How do they gear up to take it on? I think, you know, the you have to always look at like, you know, uh, what are the trends, you know, where, where the opportunity is ripe and, uh, and, you know, take some risk. I think, uh, you know, it, uh, as you mentioned, it's a slow moving area. So it's a slow moving field. It's not like you will 
see uh, you know everybody adopting it because uh, farmers are very skeptical of change and rightfully so because any small mistake can uh, can be really catastrophic for them you know they will lose the entire year's harvest uh, so you have to bring them along on the journey and as uh, you know as you look at opportunities i think uh, testing and learning on a small scale is going to be the key to really find those applications that are going to be killer application in this area so taking the risk uh, taking calculated risk and and having this flexibility and agility is going to be the key and you know uh, it uh, as i mentioned before it's definitely a crowded space with so many players uh, and uh, you know, I I always like the term frenemies. So you have to accept that that the same company can be your uh, partner, but it can also be your competitor. And uh, and that is the you know that is how the landscape is, and you just have to embrace it. Uh, but there is definitely huge opportunity in this arena. Uh, people just need to have the right patience, uh, and uh, you know, it's a balance of patience and flexibility at the same time. Fantastic. So uh, flexibility, patience, and you talked about incremental small innovations like you implemented in your current company. You, you implemented design thinking, made small uh, successes and showcased them. So I think that's a great way to, uh, you know, for people to make a switch. Now coming to the fun aspect, you know, fun aspect, also the challenging aspect, you know, what are some of the challenges you faced in building your career as a mom of two children? I think you're incredible. If uh, <laughs> when I spoke to you initially, getting to know how you were as a manager at work, also managing your home, two kids and family, you know, uh, what, what were some of the challenges you faced and how did you overcome them? You know, uh, that that's amazing uh, question because yes, uh, you know, for me, motherhood is very important. You know, there's always a challenge to maintain work-life balance. Uh, however, the most important thing to know is your priorities. Because if you care about something a lot in your life, you will find a way to make it happen. And this is what I truly believe in. So I've had to struggle when I had two kids back-to-back -back with no help. When I was pursuing my weekend MBA program while working in a highly visible role at Intel, it actually prepared me very well for my next big milestone which was going to be more. Uh, I learned a lot about myself, how I could achieve my 100% efficiency. And we all have to understand ourselves as we all are unique in our own ways. Uh, you know, what would work for me may not work for you, Vida, uh, and same for others. And so we have to understand our strengths, our weaknesses, uh, self-awareness is the key. Uh, when I excelled at work, while excelling at MBA, um, you know, it gave me the confidence to go for kids. I was very sure in my life that I would only have kids when I can actually take care of, for, uh, care of them and can be there for them. And that's why I planned my, uh, you know, my motherhood journey in such a way that I waited to have kids and only had them after I'd finished my MBA because I really wanted to be there for them. I followed, uh, you know, I joke about this. I followed a first in, first out, five four, where MBA was out and the kids were in, <laughs> and uh, and then you know I had people uh, around me at work uh, who told me that I should become full time mom, uh, as my hands were so full with two little kids, but I followed my own conviction. 
uh, and you know, we shouldn't let anyone else make a decision for us. Uh, we should make the decision that we believe in. Um, that's exactly what I did. I took on a role that at that time when my kids were little, um, you know, both, both were very little. And so I uh, took on a role that was much more manageable with my two kids. And over my career, I've had great growth opportunities come my way, but sometimes I have not taken those uh, at the expense of missing my golden time with my kids. And, you know, it is all about the choices that we make, right? Um, and uh, life is choices and the decisions we make at each stage, it shapes our life. So I do not want to have the regret later in my life that I wasn't there with my kids during their foundational years. So I've always figured out a way to strike a balance. And uh, you know, you have to figure out what is the balance that works for you. No one else can make that determination. And uh, you know, I want to make sure I'm there for my kids every step of the way. It's important for me to grow them into strong, compassionate human beings. They tackle their own issues. And, and you know, I don't want to look back later in my life and have regrets that I didn't do that. So, you know, I pick and choose those kinds of opportunities which, uh, which I can manage with my personal life. And I'm, I still want to be around my kids during their growing years. Fantastic. I think this is, uh, this is like the most amazing takeaway today for everyone who's listening to this, whether they are, you know, a mom or a dad or anybody who's a career aspirant, you summarized it everything. And I, I so truly believe whatever you really want, you have to prioritize your activities around that and, and make it happen. And uh, you and nobody can figure your personality for you. You need to know what makes you uh, click at hundred percent efficiency. So this is amazing. You know, uh, as a crown jewel of your career, probably, or you're, maybe you're destined for more, you're the recipient of top 50 under 50 most powerful women in tech. And I have seen the list. I'm following so many of those women. They're, they are uh, disruptive thinkers, you know, change makers, influencers. And you, how do you feel about it? What is your advice to women in tech? What does it take, you know, for a woman to succeed in senior corporate roles? Because you have to stand your own uh, also, you have to, uh, you know, be a team player. What does it really take, uh, you know, and, and, and about the honor? Please, please uh, share a few words about that. Absolutely. So it's definitely very humbling. Um, you know, this award is, uh, you know, is gifted to women who showcase extraordinary leadership, continued accomplishments and high integrity. And all these women on the list, they are the top leaders in their organization and profession. They directly contribute to the business growth or strategic direction of the organization. Uh, they are all effective role models who inspire other women and are active in mentoring the next generation of female professionals in the industry. And I hope to inspire other women and next generation of female professionals to keep giving in their best and I feel really happy that uh, we all are paving the way for next generation of women. You know, my advice to other women, um, you know, first of all, I'm truly encouraged to see, you know, more and more young women who are pursuing a career in technology. Uh, my advice to them is to not get intimidated finding yourself in the minority because you are paving the way for the next generation of women. So stick to your conviction. 
and do not try to just fit in. You know, that is what I see a lot of women just trying to fit in, uh, you know, just because that's the way things work. Uh, believe in yourself, believe that you are your own brand and also focus on building allies who can support you and can advocate for you, especially when you run into only one situations because there are a lot of times when you are the only one in the room, right? Um, also spend time finding a good mentor and a coach who can, who can support you in the times when you really want to bounce off ideas or you're feeling let down. You can uh, share your perspectives and get some good advice from people who can, who can be there for you in your trying times. I think that is the key to success. This is, uh, this is an amazing, uh, amazing jewel. One more jewel from you. Be your own brand, build your allies and, uh, you know, find your mentors who can make that difference uh, in your life. So this is your uh, three-pronged approach to being a successful woman in tech. So Ranjita, these were amazing, uh, you know, ideas you, you know, shared today. And I'm so, so thankful to you. And what was most empowering for me is no matter what you're doing, remember you're paving the way for next generation of women leaders here. Any, any other parting thought today uh, before we wrap up this uh, you know, uh, amazing, fantastic podcast? You know, the fun part is like there are, uh, there are uh, some of my mentees who talk about, hey, when we had our kids, we didn't, didn't have all these amenities or benefits which are now there. And, you know, I always tell them, don't think, don't look back and worry about what we didn't have. Think about what you're creating for the next generation of women. And that will give you a lot of satisfaction, right? You may not have those uh, amenities or benefits, but you are paving the way for the next generation of women. So I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really glad to see a lot more women venturing into technology arena. And I hope to continue to see that, uh, you know, for me, it's not just close to heart, it's close to home because I have two daughters and, uh, and you know, I, I really want to ensure that we are making, we are paving the way for them. We are giving them a better place to live and work as, as through, our, through our small contributions in life. Fantastic. So the woman of steel from India who is contributing to Agritech here in the US, but uh, at heart, she's paving the way for the next generation of women leaders. Thank you so much, Ranjita, for this uh, entire hour of podcast. And I hope to have you once again on this platform. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vida. It was truly a pleasure uh, talking to you. Thank you for your time. <laughs>